Praise God. Yeah, man, welcome to everybody tonight. If you're a guest tonight, we're so glad to have you in service. We've got our uh, 412 event going on tonight, so our 8 to 12-year-olds and a bunch of our uh, young people who are a huge part of the leadership of, of that effort are downstairs, so we, we've got a, a good part of us missing tonight, and so um, we know God's doing good stuff downstairs. If you're joining us online, we welcome you tonight, wherever you may be. Pray that this service is a blessing to you. Praise God. And you can, um, actually, you can remain seated because I'm getting ready to read my message. Oh, really? I'm about to read my message. I'm going to give you my title and then I'm going to start reading my message. I want to preach to you tonight about a multi-generational God. A multi-generational God. In Judges chapter 6 and verse 11, it says, And there came an angel of the Lord and sat under an oak which was in Ophrah that pertained unto Joash the Abiezrite, and his son Gideon threshed wheat by the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. Notice Gideon's response. He says unto him, O oh my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then is all of this befallen us? And where be all his miracles which our fathers told us of, saying, Did not the Lord bring us from Egypt? But now the Lord hath forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. And I am sure that there's nobody else in this sanctuary tonight that has asked the same question that Gideon asked. If God really be for us and God really be with us, then why has all of this befallen us? Amen. Romans chapter 10 verse number 10. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek for the same Lord over all. The same Lord over all. I, I, I don't remember how much I mentioned to you, responded, I asked for your prayers and many of you prayed and some of you texted me you were praying and I appreciate that. The breakfast that I went to a week ago, Friday, a, a breakfast with clergy from all over Annapolis that was on the, the issue of race. And I sat there and I listened as pastor after pastor after pastor expressed the fact that we, we, our church is all one race. Our church is all one color. Our, our church has a couple people of a different color, but the majority sat there saying we're all the same color. And I got to thinking, and I know we're not perfect, and I know we've got our issues, but I just got to thinking about Antioch and thinking, you know what? Our problem is not that we only have one race and we've only got one color. Let me tell you something. Between what Bishop said and some other stuff, it's no wonder the enemy has fought and battled and come against us. It's no wonder he's thrown the things that he's thrown at us. 
There is no difference between the Jew and the Greek for the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all, obey, all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah saith, Lord, who hath believed our report. So then faith cometh by hearing. So then faith cometh by hearing. I've said it many times. My favorite verse, Job says, I've heard of you with the hearing of the ear, and now, I, but I've seen you with my own eye. And a faith that is based on what you have seen is stronger than a faith that is only based on what you have heard. But faith has to start with hearing before you ever see. You hear about God. You hear about what God is, can do. And so Paul says, faith comes by hearing and hearing comes by the word of God and the word the Greek word there for word is the word rhema it's the living word it's the it's the fresh word of God faith comes by hearing and hearing comes by the word second Peter chapter 1 verse number 13 says Peter says yea I think it meet as long as I am in this tabernacle to stir you up by putting you in remembrance Knowing that shortly I must put off this tabernacle, even as our Lord Jesus Christ has showed me. Moreover, I will endeavor that you may be able after my decease to have these things always in remembrance. I don't want them just to be with you while I'm here. But when I'm gone and I'm no longer on the scene, I want them to still be going over and over in your mind and in your spirit. For we have not followed cunningly devised fables when when we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. We're not here tonight just because of somebody else's stories. We're not here just because of all of the past tales of what God has done. But we have seen with our own eyes his majesty. And we have experienced with our own eyes his power and ability. And we have experienced with our own feelings the touch of his presence in our lives. For he received from God the Father honor and glory when there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And this voice which came from the heaven we heard when we were with him in the holy mount. We have also a more sure word. We have also a more sure word of prophecy. It's not an unsure word. It's not an unstable word. It's not a wavering word. But we have a more sure word of prophecy. Whereunto ye do well that ye take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. Anybody know tonight that whether it's the written word of God or whether it's a rhema, we have a sure word 
of prophecy. We've got a word that is unfailing because it's a word from God. And we may be looking around at some things right now saying, where are you, God, because we don't see you. Where are you, God, because of what all's going on. But somewhere down deep inside, there's something that says, in spite of what we might see right now, we've got a sure word of prophecy. And if God said it, God is going to do it. If God promised it, God is faithful. May not be today, may not be tomorrow, may not be next week, might not even be this year. But if God said it was going to happen, it's a sure word. Genesis chapter 12 and verse number 1 takes us to what in essence could be the beginning of that sure word. Now the Lord said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee and I will make of thee a great nation and I will bless thee and make thy name great and thou shalt be a blessing and I will bless them that bless thee and I will curse them that curse thee and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. Can I tell you, I think Anne Arundel County and Queen Anne's County and PG County and Calvert County and Washington D.C. and Baltimore can all be, all the families of that area can be blessed because of what God is doing here and going to do through us. So Abraham departed as the Lord had as the Lord had spoken unto him and Lot went with him and Abram was 70 and 5 years old when he departed out of Haran At Genesis chapter 28 and verse number 10 and Jacob we've got Abraham one generation and now we've got Jacob and Jacob went out from Beersheba and went toward Haran and he lifted upon a and he lighted upon a certain place and tarried there all night because the sun was set and he took of the stones of that place and put them for his pillows and lay down in that place to sleep and he dreamed and behold a ladder set upon the earth and the top of it reached to heaven and behold the angels of God ascending and descending on it and behold the Lord stood above it and said I am the Lord God of Abraham thy father and the God of Isaac God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the land whereon thou liest, to thee will I give it and to thy seed, because I'm the God of Abraham, I'm the God of Isaac, and now I'm the God of Jacob. And he, and, and he, and behold, the, and and they and thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth and thou shalt spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south and in thee and in thy seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed same promise Abraham God God says I want you to know Jacob it didn't just apply to him but it applies to you because I'm not just the God of one generation I'm not just the God that's alive in one generation but I'm the God of every generation 
and behold, I am with thee, and I will keep thee in all places whither thou goest, and will bring thee again into this land, for I will not leave thee until I have done that which I have spoken to thee. Some of you are not too sure where God is. If you've got a promise, then he's right there, because until he's done what he said he would do, he's not going to leave you. He said, I will never leave you, and I will never forsake you. I'm sorry. I guess some of you want me to get on a stool and just talk to you tonight. I I can't do this. That's not who I am. I don't care. I Honestly, I don't care if it is just tradition. I, that's who I am. That's who I'm going to be because this talking to you stuff ain't getting us very far. And these good speeches at church ain't doing a whole lot. Exodus chapter 3, verse number 1. We've gone from Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and now it's Moses on the scene. Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight. Imagine what a brilliant thought. Why the bush is not burnt. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Draw nigh, not, draw not nigh hither. Put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses, his face for he was afraid to look upon God and the Lord said I have surely seen the affliction of my people I'm aware of what's going on. There's nothing that's happened that's gotten by me. I've seen every situation you've dealt with. I've seen every adversity you've faced. I've seen every valley you've walked through. I've seen it all. I've seen and I'm going to deliver them out of the hand or, or I'm jumping ahead here. Where was I? Seven. Thank you. I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters. For I know their sorrows and I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land unto a good land and a large unto a land flowing with milk and honey unto the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. Then in Deuteronomy chapter 31 and verse number 1, Moses went and spake these words unto all Israel. And he said unto them, I am 120 years old this day, and I can no more go out and come in. Also the Lord hath said unto me, Thou shalt not go over this Jordan. The Lord thy God, he will go over before thee, and he will destroy these nations from before thee, and thou shalt pass 
possess them and Joshua he shall go over before thee as the Lord hath said and the Lord shall do unto them as he did to Sihon and to Og kings of the Amorites and unto the land of them whom he destroyed and the Lord shall give them up before your face that ye may do unto them according unto all the commandments which I have commanded you be strong and of a good courage fear not nor be afraid of them for the Lord thy God he it is that doth go with thee he will not fail thee nor forsake thee be strong and of a good courage fear not nor be afraid of them for the Lord thy God he it is that doth go with thee he will not fail thee nor forsake thee be strong and of a good courage fear not nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, he it is that doth go with thee, and he will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. 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 In case you haven't gotten it yet, he will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Moses called unto Joshua and said unto him in the sight of all Israel be strong and of a good courage for thou must go with this people unto the land which the Lord has sworn unto their fathers to give them and thou shalt cause them to inherit it and the Lord he it is that doth go before thee he will be with thee he will not fail thee neither forsake thee fear not neither be dismayed Fear not, neither be dismayed. We've gone from Abraham to Isaac to Jacob to Moses. Joshua chapter 1, verse number 1. Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Every place, every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you as I said to Moses. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you as I said to Moses. I'm preaching to you tonight about a multi-generational God. A God that is just alive in this generation that he ever was in any other generation. And for the next generation to come, it's going to be the same God in that generation as he was in this. From the wilderness and this Lebanon even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites and unto the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life as I was with Moses, so shall I be with thee. I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. 
there shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Sorry, I said it last Sunday night. Let me say it again tonight. Thank God for Windsor Avenue. Thank God for the YMCA. Thank God for the warehouse. Thank God for the old sanctuary. The other said, thank God for all of what he did then and what he did there. But it's 2015. And the promise is, whatever he did back then, he will not fail us. I'm preaching to some people tonight that are interested in being more than just a studier of history and you're interested in being more than just a spectator and an observer but you've come to be a part and so I've come in the Holy Ghost to tell you tonight he's not going to fail you and as he was with Moses and those that have come before us so he will be with us Second Kings chapter 2 and verse number 11. And it came to pass as they still went on. They is Elisha and Elijah and talked that behold there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire and parted them both asunder. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw it and he cried my father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. And he saw him no more. And he took hold of his clothes and he rent them in two pieces. He took up also the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and went back and stood by the Jordan. And just in case you don't know the, the story, they've already come across the Jordan. The first time they came across the Jordan, it was because Elijah took his mantle and smoted the waters of the Jordan. And when Elijah smoted the waters of the Jordan, they parted. And so now Elijah is gone and Elisha's got the same mantle that Elijah had. And so now he comes and he stands by the bank of the Jordan and he took the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and he smote the waters and said, where is the Lord God? of Elijah and when he also had smitten the waters they parted hither and thither and Elisha went over you see I'm preaching to some folks tonight that the generation before us smote some waters and walked through on dry ground but we've made up our mind we're going to have to swim across the waters but the same God of Elijah, the same God with that mantle that parted the waters of the Jordan is the same God for you and for I when we pick up the mantle and we stand at the same obstacle and we say, okay, God, where are you now? And we're going to find out that he is the same today. Trying not to stop. I'm trying not to come give my commentary, but it's just impossible. Notice, please, Elisha did not walk up to that water with confidence and boldness in what was going to happen. No, 
He walked up with a question. Elijah walked up with a command. Elisha walks up with a question. Where is the God of Elijah? He didn't step up to the banks of the Jordan with boldness and faith, unwavering that when I do this, it's going to happen. All he did was pose a question. Can I tell you tonight, you don't have to wait to get all your doubt and fear and unbelief worked out before God's willing to work the miraculous in and through you. You don't have to settle every bit of unbelief. All you've got to do is be willing. Okay, God, I want to know. You did it for somebody else. You did it for a generation before. You've done it in your word. So let's see where you are today. See, it's it's a whole lot easier to swim across the Jordan than it is to face the possibility that the mantle doesn't work for me like it did for him. So if all I do is swim across the Jordan, I can still at least just wonder. But I think what Elisha was saying was, I don't have time. I need to get it settled right now. I need to get it resolved right now. Let's find out if the God of Elisha is my God. Let's just get it, let's just lay it all out right here, right now. Instead of living with the questions and the wondering and the doubting and all that, let's just go ahead and settle it today. Yeah. 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 Right. Elisha smokes the water and they part. I want you to, I'm, I'm, getting, I'm, getting, I'm getting bogged down here for a moment, but I want you to notice, please, the last thing, the last thing that Elijah did, the last miracle of Elijah's ministry, was when he parted the waters of the Jordan. Anybody know offhand? What was Elijah's first miracle? Anybody know offhand? I don't. That was the, the final thing he did. The final miracle he was involved in was the parting. When Elisha picked up the mantle, he did not have to go back and start where Elijah started. But it was, it was in essence the passing of a baton. And when you're passing the baton in a relay race, you don't restart the race. You pick up that leg of the race and you run. You don't go back to the beginning. But you start where it's handed. Somehow, somehow, there's a whole bunch of us. God's been working on me with it, and hopefully he's working on you. But somewhere we've got to get a rev. Bishop, uh, Brother Morgan, I guess it is Bishop Morgan, I guess. Brother Morgan preached at camp or gather here last last summer. Uh, I think he called it the two revelations or something like that. And, 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 And one revelation is us knowing who he is. But then the other revelation is us knowing who we are. 
It's us having a revelation and an understanding of the place we have in the kingdom. Most of us would never make it on a ball team anywhere. With the second guessing and the question and the lack of confidence, there's no coach that would put us in the game when the game is on the line. Somehow we got to change our perception. I don't, I don't want to become proud. I don't want to become proud and cocky and whatever, but I also know somehow I got to start seeing me the way he sees me. Because if all I ever do is just see me the way I see me, there's going to be some, there's going to be some mantles that I just fold up and put away because it worked for somebody else and it was good enough for somebody else, but I just don't know that I have, and, and, and to some degree it's humility, but I'm not sure if that's all it is. I think really part of what it is is it's pride. Oh, don't, don't sit on me now. I'm preaching. I'm preaching, in the, I'm preaching to the guy with the mic as much as I'm preaching to anybody in the seat. It's pride. We call it humility, but it's pride. And it's pride because if I do try and fail, what am I going to look like? So I'd rather just sit down, sit back, and put me down. I, I, I'm used to people coming up to him. Hey, I've been listening to you, got your stuff, but... Two times now, because of the time, I complete strangers walk up to me, Brother Wright. Um, yeah. Just want to let you know, I listen to your broadcast, I listen to your podcast, and I just can't tell you how much they help you. I'm like, me? Me? Oh, that, that's him. That's it, me? What, somehow? I played sports all my life. And I understand just on the, the little level I played on, you, 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 you don't want somebody stepping up to the plate with the bat in the bottom of the seventh inning. Softball is seven innings. The bottom of the seventh inning when you're down with them just... That's what most of us do in the realm of the Spirit. We strike out. We don't land the blow. Huh. Something's got to. See, David, David had it. David had it. He said, you come with a sword and a shield. I come. Not with a sling and stones. But what I come in is the name of the Lord. See, somehow at the very least what we got to get is I may have just a few stones and a sling to fight with but that's ultimately not what I'm fighting with. I come in the name of the Lord and so greater is He that is in me than He that is in the world. get back to reading my message Isaiah 41 verse number 10 fear thou not 
For I am with thee, be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Behold, all they that were increased against thee shall be ashamed and confounded. They shall be as nothing, and they that strive with thee shall perish. Thou shalt seek them, and shalt not find them. Even them that contended with thee, they that war against thee, shall be as nothing, and as of a thing of naught. For I, the Lord thy God, will hold thy right hand, saying unto thee, Fear not, I will help thee. Fear not, thou worm, Jacob, and ye men of Israel. I will help thee, saith the Lord, and thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. Behold, I will make thee a new sharp threshing instrument, having teeth. Thou shalt thresh the mountains and beat them small, and shalt make them hill, make the hills as chaff. Thou shalt fan them, and the wind shall carry them away, and the whirlwind shall scatter them, and thou shalt rejoice in the the Lord and shall glory and shall glory in the Holy One of Israel. Do you get what he's saying here? Everything that is so strongly stood against you, everything that is so strongly opposed you, I'm going to make it so all it's as if nothing and just a little bit of wind blows it away. And I realize we sit here tonight and we look at some of our current circumstances and it's hard to believe that, but that's what he said he would do. I will open rivers in high places and fountains in the midst of the valleys. I will make the wilderness as a pool of water and the dry land springs of water. I will plant in the wilderness the cedar, the shitter tree and the myrtle and the oil tree. I will set in the desert the fir tree and the pine and the box tree together. Some of you are waiting for God to get you out of the wilderness. You're waiting for God to get you out of the desert. You're waiting for God to get you out of your adverse circumstances and God saying I've got you exactly where I want you and in the midst of your adversity I'm going to produce something there that you think you've got to get someplace else first for me to do it that they may see and know and consider and understand together that the hand of the Lord hath done this and the Holy One of Israel hath created it. Isaiah 43 and verse 1. But now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name. Thou art mine. When? Somebody say when. Not if. Not maybe. Not a possibility. But when? meaning it will happen. You're going to pass through the waters. I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. For I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior. I gave Egypt for thy ransom, Ethiopia and Seba for thee. Since thou wast precious in my sight, thou hast been honorable, and I have loved thee. Therefore I will give men for thee and people for thy life. 
fear not. Wow. I guess, I guess it's not just us 2015 folks that need to be unafraid. Fear not, for I am with thee. I will. I will. I will bring thy seed from the east. And gather thee from the west. I will say to the north, give up. And to the south, keep not back. Bring my sons from afar. And my daughters from the ends of the earth. I'm not only going to cause the seed you've sown on brand new ground to come. But I'm going to bring back the sons and the daughters from afar. Everyone that is called by my name, for I have created him for my glory. I have formed him, yea, I have made him. Bring forth the blind that have eyes and the deaf that have ears. Let all the nations be gathered together and let the people be assembled among the, among, among them. Can, who, who among them can declare this and show us former things? Let them bring forth the, their witnesses that they may be justified or let them hear and say, it is truth. Did I read it already? One of these passages, I think I, m- I may have brushed over it. He said, I'm going to do a new thing. I'm not just going to repeat. I'm not just going to do something I've already done, but I'm going to do a new thing. I believe there's a bunch of us that are waiting for God to redo some old things and to repeat some things from the past. But I've come to tell you tonight, God is going to do some new things. He's going to do some new things that are exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he bring, and by it he being dead yet speaketh. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death, and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith it is impossible to please him for he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. By faith Noah being warned of God of the things not yet, not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. By faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed, and he went out not knowing whither he went. Some of us are waiting for God to give us every detail of where we're going, every detail of where he wants to take us before we're willing to take a step of faith. I don't, Brother Carlos, where are you? Your sister Zenobia. 
Uh, did, did I hear correctly a couple Sunday nights ago when we were honoring the bishop? Packed up, drove into D.C. and didn't even know where you were going. Or you didn't have a house already lined up. Th- did I get that right? When I talk about somebody in the Bible, we're not talking about one of the pioneers of Pentecost. We're not talking about bishop and mother that essentially did that. Not essentially, they did that. We're talking about a new generation. Some of us, we, we're not moving until everything's in place and everything's in order and we know the exact next step. But a, a, a family with, with six at that time, six children, how old were the girls at that time? Two years old. Two years old. Two years old. Sold a house. Drove into Washington, D.C. By faith. Not knowing where they were going, but maybe, maybe brother and sister Williams knew about Abraham. And if God was able to send Abraham someplace that he didn't know he was going and take care of him, then maybe now in this century God can do the same thing. By faith he sojourned in the land of promise as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. Same promise. Come Come here, William. Carson. Get you and you and your brother mixed up. Come here, Carson. Come here. Come here. Come up here. Come up here. You guys, come, come, come stand right here. This is William. This is Carson. This this the bishop. Drove in in 1970 with a vision and a promise. See, what I think we fail to realize is that now... They are heirs of the same promise. No, 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 no wait, wait. I think, I think most of our mentality is we are participants in His promise. We, we are, we are, we are, you know, we're followers in His promise. No, we're not, but that's how we think. But the scripture said of them that Isaac and Jacob were heirs of the same promise. It's not just, it's not just students, high school students and students walking around school that are members of a church. They are joint heirs of a promise. Because it's not just a God of one generation with a promise of one generation, but it's a God of every generation. And to every generation, it's a promise for that generation. Thank you, guys. Heirs. 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 Of the same promise. 
For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Through faith also Sarah received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age. Because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore sprang there even of one of him as good as dead, so many as the stars of the sky in multitude, and as the sand which is by the seashore innumerable. These all died in faith. These all died in faith, and yet did not receive the promises. But having seen them afar off, and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on earth. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they may have had opportunity to have returned. But now they desire a better country that is an heavenly. Wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God. For he hath prepared for them a city by faith. Abraham when he was tried offered up Isaac. And and he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son. Of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called. Accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead from whence also he received him in a figure by faith. Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. By faith Jacob when he was a dying blessed both sons of Joseph and worship leaning upon the top of his staff. By faith Joseph when he died made mention of the departing of the children of Israel and gave commandment concerning his bones. By faith Moses when he was born was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. By faith Moses when he was come to years refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt for he had respect unto the recompense the reward by faith he forsook Egypt not fearing the wrath of the king for he endured as seeing him who is invisible through faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them by faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land which the Egyptians are saying to do were drowned. By faith the walls of Jericho fell down after they were compassed about seven days. By faith the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not when she had received the spies with peace. And what shall I more say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak and of Samson and of Jephthah and David also and Samuel and of the prophets who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. 
Women received their dead raised to life again and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others had a trial of cruel mockings and scourgings, yea, moreover of bonds and imprisonments. They were stoned, they were sawn asunder, they were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, and tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and dens and caves of the earth. And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. I just don't know if I want to believe God for something in 2015 and He just might not do it. We got got a problem, folks. 2,000, 3,000, 4,000 years ago, men and women bought into a promise and died without unwavering faith in that promise. Anybody can live with faith. It's a whole other thing to die with faith. Anybody can live with faith waiting for God to do what you believe He can do. It's a whole other thing to go to your deathbed knowing what God can do, believing what God can do, and Him not do it, and yet you still see that far off, I may not have experienced it, I may not have been able to see it, but sooner or later somebody is going to be able to experience it. So these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. God, having provided some better thing for us, for us, that they without us should not be made perfect or complete. Wherefore, seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us looking unto Jesus, the author, finisher of our faith. They, without us, are not complete. Oh, we don't don't see that, folks. You can tell by the way we come to church. You can tell by the way we, we do what we do. We kind of do it like we're just kicking the can down the road. We, we, I'm not Peter. I'm not Paul. I'm not James. I'm not Timothy. I, I'm, not that. I'm not all these great men and women of faith, and yet the Word of God says, they are not made perfect without us. They are not complete without us. In that relay race, that 4 by 100 meter relay race, the last guy, the leg of the the last leg of the race is called the anchor man. Cuz that's the guy that you're expecting to finish it off. And so if he gets the baton and you're already ahead, it's going to be really bad. Because he's going to add to the lead. But if he gets the baton and you're behind, that's okay. Because he's got something that's going to kick in. And everything that was done in the first three legs of the race 
is going to be completed by what is finished in the last leg of the race. The 70s were not the last leg of our relay. The 80s were not the last leg of our relay. And I don't know if this is the last leg yet, but all I do know is when we get the last leg, whoever's here is not the leftovers that God had nothing better to do with that he just stuck in the end. But we collectively become the anchor man to get ready to take the baton and run with faith. I'm, I'm almost done reading. A couple more pages. But I'm almost done. First Samuel 31 verse 1. And it came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag had smit, and smitten Ziklag and burned it with fire and had taken the women captives that they were therein. They slew not any, either great or small, but carried them away and went on their way. Just because the devil's been allowed to steal your stuff doesn't mean he's been allowed to destroy your stuff. Some of you got some, some of you got some missing stuff that you think is destroyed stuff. But it's just missing stuff. And God said to the enemy, I'm gonna let you take it. But all you can do is take it. Don't mess it up. You can't destroy it. You can't damage it. You can take it. That's all I'm going to let you do. So David and his men came to the city and behold, it was burned with fire and their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captives. Then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. And David's two wives were taken captives, Ahinoam the Jezreelitess and Abigail the wife of Nabal, Nabal the Carmelite. And David was greatly distressed. Anybody been greatly distressed? Anybody been greatly distressed? Anybody ever been greatly distressed? Anybody presently greatly distressed? David was greatly distressed. He wasn't just stressed, just distressed. He was greatly distressed. For the people spake of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved. Every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. And David said unto Abiathar the priest, the Himalek's son, I pray thee bring me hither the ephod. And Abiathar brought thither the ephod to David. And David inquired at the Lord saying, Shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered, him pursue for thou shalt surely overtake them and not only are you going to overtake them but you are going to without fail recover all (laughs) 
So David went, he and the 600 men that were with him, and came to the brook Besor, where there were those that were left behind stayed. But David pursued he and 400 men, for 200 abode behind, which were so faint that they could not go over the brook Besor. And they found an Egyptian in the field and brought him to David and gave him bread, and he did eat. They made him drink water, and they gave him a piece of a cake of figs and two clusters of raisins. And when he had eaten, his spirit came again to him, for he had eaten no bread nor drunk any water three days and three nights. And David said unto him, To whom belongest thou, and whence art thou? And he said, I am a young man of Egypt, servant to an Amalekite, and my master left me because three days agone I fell sick. We made an invasion upon the south of the Cherethites and upon the coast which belongeth to Judah and upon the south of Caleb and we burned Ziklag with fire and David said to him canst thou bring me down to this company and he said swear unto me by God that thou wilt neither kill me nor deliver me into the hands of my master and I will bring thee down to this company. God even knows how to use the enemy to work for you. And when he had brought him down, behold, there were spread abroad upon all the earth, eating and drinking and dancing because all of the great spoil that they had taken out of the land of the Philistines and out of the land of Judah. And David smote them from twilight even unto the evening of the next day. He put a good old-fashioned whooping on them. You mess with my stuff. I don't care if it's all still in order. Before I take it back, I'm going to get a little bit of vengeance for the distress you put me through, for the heartache and the pain you put me through. I'm not only going to take my stuff, but I'm going to get a little revenge. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. I will repay, but I got a feeling if you'll let it do it in his time and his way, he might let you in on a little bit of it. David smote them from the twilight even unto the evening of the next day. And there escaped not a man of them save 400 young men which rode upon camels and fled. And David recovered all, all, all. Is there anybody here tonight that the devil's taken some of your stuff, but there's still somewhere down deep inside some faith that says God is able for me to recover all? All that the Amalekites had carried away, and David rescued his two wives, and there was nothing lacking to them, neither small nor great, neither sons nor daughters, neither spoil nor anything that they had taken to them. David recovered all. Last passage, and I'm closing. Joel chapter 2. Blow the trumpet in Zion. Sanctify a fast. Call a solemn assembly. Gather the people. Sanctify the congregation. Assemble the elders. Gather the children and those that suck the breast. Let the bridegroom go forth of his chamber and the bride out of her closet. Let the priests, the ministers of the Lord, weep between the porch and the altar. And let them say, Spare thy people, O Lord, and give not thine heritage to reproach that the heathen should rule over them. Wherefore should they say among the people, Where is their God? Let's bring it a little bit closer to home, 2015. Don't let Antioch stay and stop here, God. So that the heathen can look and say, where is their God? 
Who cares about what he did in all the years gone by? Where is he now? They're stuck up there in that second floor sanctuary because the roof collapsed and that's the end of them. Don't let the heathen be able to say, where is their God? Then will the Lord be jealous for his land and pity his people. Yea, will the Lord answer and say unto his people, Behold, I will send you corn and wine and oil, and you shall be satisfied therewith, and I will no more make you a reproach among the heathen. But I will remove from afar, from, from afar, I will remove far off from you the northern army and will drive him into a land barren and desolate with his face toward the east sea and his hinder part toward the utmost sea and his stink shall come up and his ill savor shall come up because he hath done great things. Fear not, O land. Be glad and rejoice. For the Lord will do great things. For the Lord will do great things. Be not afraid, ye beasts of the field. For the pastures of the wilderness do spring. For the tree beareth her fruit. And the fig tree and the vine do yield their strength. Be glad then, ye children of Zion. And rejoice in the Lord your God. For he hath given you the former rain moderately. And he will cause to come down for you the rain. The former rain. And the latter rain in its first month. And the floors shall be full of wheat. And the fat shall be overflow with wine and oil give you my interpretation of that the altars aren't going to be empty it's not just going to be one or two that are seeking for the Holy Ghost but the wheat is going to overflow and I will restore I will restore, and 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 I will restore the years that the locust have eaten, the canker worm, the caterpillar, and the palmer worm, my great army which I sent among you. I'm preaching to some folks tonight. You've got some years that the locust has eaten and the canker worm and the caterpillar and the palmer worm. But the Lord says tonight, I will restore. And ye shall know that I am in the midst of Israel and that I am the Lord your God and none else. And my people shall never be ashamed. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your old men shall dream dreams and your young men shall see visions and also upon the servants and upon the handmaids in those days will I pour out of my spirit because when I do what I'm going to do it's not just going to be the fathers that are involved in it it's not just going to be the grandfathers but it's going to be the sons and the daughters and every generation is going to be a participant in what I am doing and what I do for the youngest generation is going to be just as great as what I did for generations that were in the past 
I shared this last night at the prayer meeting. I'll share it with you tonight. Guy's coming to preach for us in a, in a couple of weeks. He's been to a right hand of God seminar, but he's never, never been here other than that. But a couple of weeks ago, I got a text message and I accidentally erased it. And I asked him to send him send it back, and and they sent back. And this is what he said. And as I told the men that were gathered last night for prayer, I don't think this is just for me. I don't think this is simply a word from God for me, but I think it applies to anybody that wants to take hold of it. He says, Pastor, I feel a momentum that is coming to the body this last season which is positioning for prophetic fulfillment. Like when the body of Christ was moved into the grave to receive resurrection power. Some of you don't understand. Some of these dark places God has had you in is all a part of the process of what He's doing. Little did we know that it would come with obscurity, darkness, questions that seemingly went unanswered. But I say to you, the morning cometh, the stone shall be rolled away, and this will be a year of infallible proofs. You have been faithful in your night season, therefore you're about to reap a harvest of the seeds that were sown in the dark. I don't think I'm the only one in this place tonight that that word applies to. I'm preaching to some folks tonight that it's been in your dark season and you've still sown some seeds, but you've wondered if anything was ever going to come of them. And I'm telling you tonight, the Holy Ghost says it's going to be fulfilled. It's going to come to pass. What you've sown in the darkness you're going to reap in the light in the name of Jesus 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 I said it, I said it last night. I said it to the elders. I'll say it here and Bishop can judge it. I was standing there last night and towards the end we were praying and and there was some prayer. They ended up praying some for me and I was standing there and and I gotta tell you, Bishop, I, I, I can't, I can't find a better word than dread. I don't think that's the right word, but. I can't, I, that, that's the best word I keep coming up with. And there, there's been a, there's been kind of a part of me that, you know, excited about what we're doing and where we're going, but a little bit of dread of, man, we gotta, we gotta fight again. Oh, man. We gotta fight. Oh, we gotta battle. And I was standing here last night as we were winding down praying, and the Spirit of the Lord, I believe, quickened to me. Rahab the harlot. And what she said to the two spies when they showed up. She said, where have you been? We heard about you 40 years ago. 40 years ago when we heard about you. Our hearts melted within us because we knew we were done with. God had already turned us over to you. Where have you been? You know what, if you, if you, sometimes I walk by my kids and they, they pull back. Not because I've abused them, but because I, especially, especially the youngest, Nathaniel, he's, he's the one I torment all the time. God's using me to produce something in him. I'll, I'll tickle him in the side and I'll, 
And so you know what happens if I do if I'm doing that too much, you know what he does? When my hand comes up, he flinches. And I may not be about to do it. I may not be about to touch him. But he's there's something programmed in his mind that when he sees that hand move, he's expecting what's coming. I'm saying it here tonight. Thank God. Bishop's here tonight, so I'm saying it tonight. And if it's wrong, he can judge it and correct it. But I'm just telling you what I've been feeling since last night. As we start to move again, as we start to rise up again, it's not going to be some great resistance of the enemy. Because the enemy's going to start remembering some former days. And the enemy's going to start remember some times in the past where he resisted. And the enemy's going to recognize, I messed with them before and they took me. I don't think I'm even going to mess with them now because if they're serious about what they're doing, I might as well get out of the way because victory is already determined. The outcome has already been determined by God. So here's where I believe we are. I believe we are where Gideon was when the angel showed up and said, Oh, Gideon, thy mighty man of valor. If that's the case, why all of this? If we really are so mighty, if I really am so mighty, why all this junk? Why all these issues? Why does it seem like every time we've been about ready to harvest, the enemies come in? It's time for us to shake off. Shake off our faith that is based on current circumstances or past circumstances. We've been told before and we've gotten excited before and it didn't happen. All I know is faithful is he that promised to do what he said he would do. The Bible says that Gideon, or not Gideon, Samson accomplished some pretty great things. If, if Samson was us, most of what he did would have never happened. Because this is us. Okay, God, you shake me, and I'll do something. Shake me, God, and I'll, I'll do something. Shake me, God, and I'll fight. That's how some of us are with worship. Touch me, God, and I'll worship. Move on me, God, and I'll worship. But the Bible says that when it came time for a fight, when it came time for Samson to face his adversary, the Bible says that Samson shook himself when that snake reached out of the fire and grabbed the hold of Paul he didn't wait for God to shake him that snake grabbed or tried to latch hold of Paul and Paul shook himself I wonder if there's some stuff that's been hanging on to some of us that God is just waiting for us to make up our mind 
I'm going to shake some stuff off. I'm going to get rid of some stuff. There's been some stuff that's holding on, but I'm not willing to let it keep holding anymore. And I'm not waiting for God to shake me. I'm going to shake it off. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Come on, we are at a season, we are at a point in time where it's time for another generation to realize that the God of our forefathers is our God today. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, somebody shake something off right now. Shake some doubt off. Shake some fear off. Shake some perceptions off that are causing you to limit God's ability and God's power. Shake some of those things off and let God be loose to work in and through you in the way that he is capable. Come on, somebody make up your mind tonight. I'm going to pick up the baton. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run with the baton. The same baton that's been passed on before. I'm getting in position and I'm going to pick it up. The same mantle that Elijah lays down is the same mantle that I'm going to pick up. And the God of Elijah is the same God of Elisha. Come on, I'm done preaching. Whatever you're going to do now, it's up to you to do. Obviously, some have already come. If you need an invitation to come, this is your invitation. But somebody needs to respond. Somebody else needs to respond to the Holy Ghost tonight. Somebody else needs to get ready to pick up a baton and run with faith and confidence and believe that all of those that have run before us are not complete without us. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. I know some of you have been in a dark place for a while. I know some of you have been in a grave for a while. But I tell you, in the Holy Ghost tonight, all that's been a part of preparation for God to be able to empower you so that you can rise again with a power and authority to do what God has called you to do. 
in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen, 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 listen. I didn't have this in my notes, but I want to read it. Ezekiel chapter 37. The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he carried me out in the midst of the, of the, of the Lord. In the, and he carried me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley which was full of bones and caused me to pass by them round about. And behold, there were very many in the open valley and lo, they were very dry. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. Again he said unto me, Prophesy upon these bones and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones behold I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live and I will lay sinews upon you and I will bring up flesh upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live and you shall know that I am the Lord so I prophesied as I was commanded and as I prophesied there was a noise and behold a shaking and the bones came together and bone to his bone and when I behold lo the sinews and the flesh came up upon them and the skin covered them above but there was no breath in them then said he unto me prophesy unto the wind prophesy son of man and say to the wind thus saith the Lord God come from the four winds O breath and breathe upon these slain that they may live so I prophesied as he commanded me and the breath came into them and they lived and stood up upon their feet an exceeding great army somebody needs to start prophesying to some dry bones in your life tonight. Somebody needs to start prophesying to some dead things that you've just about given up on. But the word of the Lord tonight says they are able to live. Come on. Come on, you know what the situations are. You know what the circumstances are. I know it feels foolish. I know it seems foolish. But somebody needs to start speaking the word of the Lord into some dry bones in your life tonight. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. In 
In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. It's not just the God of Abraham. It's not just the God of Isaac. It's not just the God of Jacob. It's not just the God of Joshua. It's not just the God of Bishop. But it's our God. It's our God. And he's the same God today as he's always been. In the name of Jesus. Ayala la boko shatala. Karamando lo borreye ki ala la bahay. Ala la boko reye andala la bosatala bahay. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, 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 in the name of Jesus. I want some of you tonight that the enemy's got some of your stuff. I want you to get it. Some of you may already be down here, but some of you tonight that the enemy's stolen some of your stuff. I want you to make your way down to this altar, and I want you to make a statement and make a declaration. I want my stuff back. God, I want my stuff back. I want everything that's been stolen. I want those things that the enemy has taken from me. I thought they were lost. I thought they were gone for good. But I'm going to trust and believe that you're able, God, to give them back. And you're able to restore what's been eaten, what the enemy has tried to devour. You're able to restore it. I know what the evidence looks like. I realize what the evidence says. I realize what the evidence says, but somebody needs to trust and believe tonight that in spite of the evidence I've seen, God still has my stuff. God still has what was taken from me, and he's got it all protected, and he's able to give it back. Some of you got ministries that the enemy has stolen. Some of you have got ministries that the enemy has taken away from you and you've given up on it and you've decided you never have it again. But the word of the Lord tonight is you can recover all. You can recover all. Hear ye the word of the Lord, O ye dry bones. Hear ye the word of the Lord, O ye dry bones. Let the breath of God blow. Let the wind of God bring fresh new life to that which was dead, to that which was hopeless, to that which we have given up on. Bring some fresh life, God. Hallelujah! 
In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, how about some of you young people make up your mind tonight you are heirs of the same promise how about some of you teenagers how about some of you young adults make up your mind tonight that you are heirs of the same promise Ila mando robo ye ala la bosse ye ki arata bahaya haya la la bosse ye ala la mando robo se ki atala la bahaya la mando robo ye ki ala la masata ba di karabando la robo sata bahaya I don't want just my stuff back that was lost. I don't want just what I lost given back, but I want it given back with interest. I want to be recompensed for the years of loss. I want to be recompensed for the, the agony and the distress I've been through. Don't just give me back what I lost, but give back exceeding abundantly above what I lost. I know it looks impossible. I realize to the eyes of the flesh it looks impossible. I realize through the eyes of the flesh it looks impossible, but as the prophet prayed for his servant, oh God, open our eyes and let us see. Let us see that those that are for us are more than those that are against us. Let us see that the one is on our side is greater than whatever is against us. Open the eyes of faith tonight, God. Open the eyes of faith tonight, God. Open eyes of faith tonight that we might be able to see, not through our natural eyes and our natural reasoning, but be able to see through eyes of faith and know there is no limitation. There is no restriction. There is no obstacle too great for you, God. In the name of Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> 
Karamando lo bore yeki alala bosata rabahai. Elalamando robosi alala bosheki arata labaha. Hayala la bosaramanda ye alala bos. Tilamando robosata labahai. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Maybe somebody's got a situation that looks like Lazarus' situation. It's been dead so long, it stinks, and it definitely seems impossible, but God is still able to roll away the stone and bring life where there was death. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Kalala mando robo sata rabakaya. Yalala mando robo se yalala bakia talala bahaya. Shila mando robo si yalala bakia ratala bahaya. In the name of Jesus, 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 in the name of Jesus. Ilamando robo ye alala baki arata la bahai. Selalamando robo ye alala bakorianda. Alala bakorianda la basi arata la bahai. Ilamando robo ye alala bakorieti alala bahai. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Elamando robo koyeti alala bosata la baha. Elamando robo ye alala bosata la baha. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, Jesus' name, Jesus' name.
In the name of Jesus. Ramando lo lobo seki aratala bahai. Ayala mondo robo yesu talabaki arabi. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Ayala la boko reti yala la bahai. Sela mando robo sheki yala la bahai. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Some are still praying, so please be respectful of that. Whenever you need to go, you're welcome to go. Don't forget, there's food available downstairs, fellowship available downstairs.